Hey, Oasis Church Chicago, Pastor JP here. Hey, we're so glad that you're joining with us on our podcast today. I pray today that this message stirs your faith, that it builds you up, that it draws you closer to the Father's heart, and ultimately that you just feel the embrace of heaven. We would love to stay connected with you and you to stay connected with us. So please feel free to check us out on our website, oasischurchchicago.com, or download our app, Oasis Church Chicago. Also, you can be sure to join with us on our live stream on our YouTube page every Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Now here's today's message. Well, good morning. Y'all doing all right? Said you're doing all right? Good. If you have your Bibles, open them up. Speaking of Bibles, um, I made an a announcement in the first installment of Vision Month on Word. If you, had, if you wanted a Bible, we had some, and I sent our teams scrambling for Bibles. And come to find out, we had no Bibles in the church. So if any of you came up and asked for a Bible, which I know some people did, um, we have them now. So um, I don't think they're, they're outside, out there in that lobby area. Um, go ahead and grab one. If you feel more comfortable grabbing it and putting it under your jacket because it just feels better for you, like, do it. Um, it's funny in my head, some of you. Go to Acts. <laughs> Acts. Um, we're going to get there in one moment. We've been in this vision month and talking through our pillars as a church. For, for just a quick, quick recap, back in 2019, end of 2019, or into 2020, honestly, before pandemic hit, um, we, we felt like the Lord was leading us to replant our church, his church. Let me say that, it's not mine. Someone asked me one time, is this your church? And I said, no. They said, so like, if this thing like folds, do you get all the pipe and drape? I said, no nor would I want the pipe and drape. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's not my church. It's not Rachel and I's church. It's his church. And so he came in and he remolded and reframed for us what he desired for us as a church community to be about. Give us a brand new vision statement and then gave us these four pillars that we've been talking about. And we're in the third one right now, this today, about how to hold up what he wants to do in and through this house. I, I believe that churches all across we're, you know, we're friends with a lot of churches within the city and outside of the city have different ethos and way that they do things and what they're called to do. That's a good thing, amen? And so we just know as this house, as Oasis, this is our calling to be a place where we are a wellspring of life in the midst of the desert of the city, to be connected and to connect others to that life-giving waters of God's holy presence. That's the mission right? That's the goal. That's what we're hitting. That's the target. Are you with me? And so without vision, it says, scripture says people perish. And, or I've used the translation in this month that people run wild when there's not a vision and a clear vision of what we're doing. And we just really have been leaning in this month into that about what are those four pillars uh, that, that we believe hold up um, the vision of this house. And we've covered them. The, the first two were word and presence. So I want to encourage you, if you've been out, if you've missed, if you're part of Oasis, go back and listen to those if you can, not because I'm teaching them, just because they're, they're core, they're essential to who we are as a church, amen? And so today we're going to talk about the next one, but um, I want to just read Acts 2 real quick, verse 42, and then pray, and then we'll jump in. It's this, verse 42, I think the team has it. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad smile, with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. Isn't that interesting? Enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the passage that we have built those pillars out of and feel as this is the birthing of the New Testament church, I think it's a good place to go and build those pillars. And so today we're going to talk about the pillar of family in our house. So would you do me a favor? Would you just pray with me right now? And we just say this, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. And we just ask that you would come into this room even more. We ask that you would come and that you would touch our hearts, that you would mark us, that you would teach us and lead us, instruct us, and that ultimately you would lead us to Jesus today. We want to know what your kingdom's about. We want to live in your kingdom and in, your, in the ways of the kingdom. We, we want to not be caught up in the world, but be caught up in the kingdom of, of you, Jesus. So I just pray you would be lifted high, you would teach us, instruct us, and help us to catch what you're about here in this moment. I just pray a blessing upon every person here today. They're not here by accident. They're not here by mistake. They're here because you want to say something to them, and I believe you're already speaking. So would you continue to speak to them? We love you and honor you and bless you. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Today we're going to talk about family, and, and, I, and I want to say this at the forefront, and, and I've, I've come to realize this more and more and more throughout leading, throughout pastoring, throughout being even a dad now of two precious little ones, and being a husband, like, the kingdom of God is all about family, and, it's, and, it, and it becomes messy, I'll use that word today, it becomes messy when you detach family from the kingdom. You actually come outside of kingdom when you stop realizing that this is a family and the Lord's established this as a family. Now, family has a lot of connotation to it and it sounds weird. And for some of you, you watched, I think, that Netflix series on, on the, the show was called Family. It was really weird. It was a cult. So just saying here, we're not a cult. <laughs> some of you are like, gosh, if you say that, are you? It's like, ah. Come on. Family, when you hear the word family, it brings like thoughts and wonders. It brings your earthly family and the dynamics in that family. It brings experiences of family. It brings the, the nature of uh, feelings towards of other environments that you've come from in the church. And you just wonder, man, is God really about family? And I'm here to say, yes, he is. And I want to say this to you, that if, if you've heard family language or you've been a part of an environment that's family and you feel like you've been wronged in a family, you come from an earthly family that feels like, man, it was really, it was really a hard family. It was a messy family. There's a lot of issues in the family. Can, can I just tell you, the standard of God, regardless of all those things that are real and true, the standard of God's design and intent for family has not changed. So what, what's the point? The point is, is I don't lower my beliefs to, to my experiences, 
And we have to be very careful with that in the church that because, um, because you had a bad taco one day doesn't stop you from going to other taco spots, right? I mean, I've had food poisoning before, bad. Like, like food, um, like bad. <laughs> like it, it was, Rachel and I were at a restaurant and, and with, with, with our, my aunt and uncle and I ate one thing and immediately I felt like Hitch, the movie. Like all of a sudden my eyes are itching and I'm sweating profusely. I'm like, what's happening? And I get up and I'm like, oh, this is not good. But because of that moment happened and it was really bad. Did I say it was bad? I haven't stopped going out to eat. I continue to go. I just maybe avoid something that I ate in that moment. Right? It's like God, God's whole intent and design in the scriptures is to be that, a family. To create an earthly family. And to establish his family here on this earth to expand and grow, to see his kingdom come here in and among us and then to grow out and to invade other people's lives. Family matters. Can't always, you, can't, you can't pick your family, right? You know, right? Yeah? Some of you said amen to that a lot louder. <laughs> Jesus, help us. You can't, you can't, you can't. And the reality is, is that when you come into the kingdom through Jesus, right, through the Holy Spirit leading you to Jesus, having that, that moment with Jesus, that encounter, entering in now, you come into a family that has been around for a whole lot longer than my family, my earthly family. And in coming into that family, I don't get to necessarily choose who's in that family, but I have a call from heaven on how to operate in that family, okay? And this really matters today for us as a house because we do believe that the Lord has called us to build a healthy, strong family. You could put community, but I really wanna lean into the word family, right? In this house, to be a place where people come in and go, I have, I have experienced the Lord in his presence. The word is being taught. And there's a, familiar, there's a family dynamic here that I've been longing for and I'm finding it. And so family, family matters. I, I, I tell my son today more than ever, I, I tell him because he, they're in the age, my son Titus and my daughter Eden, they're in the age, he's about to be five and she's turning three. They're in the age where um, sharing is a weird concept to them, right? Or, or fighting seems to be more of the norm than not, and we sit there like parents, like, what are we doing wrong here, you know? And, and I tell my son all the time, I look at him and I grab him and I say, son, I look him in the eyes, I say, son, look me in the eyes, and he's like. I'm like, son, right here, focus, focus, focus. I'm like, son, she is your sister. She will forever be your sister. You don't get to choose if she's your sister or not. We are called to love one another. I'm teaching my five-year-old this. How much more do we as adults need to realize that this is who God's put us in family with? There's the greater church, capital C church. I believe in that. Like, well, that's why, can I just tell you, please be careful of how you talk about the bride of Christ. 
please, please avoid the chatter, the, the new social influencers that are just totally bent on destroying and, and deconstructing the church. Can I tell you, it's borderline mm, demonic. I said it. So be careful of how you talk about his bride. But I tell my son, listen, this is your sister. You don't get to choose her or not. And it's coming into us as adults because somehow as adults, we outgrow childlike stuff. And that's good as an adult in, 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 on the earth. You're like, well, I'm just still chilling in bed. It's like, well, time to grow up a little bit. But when it comes to the kingdom of God, we're called to act like children. And lest us not lose out on what he has established as his call to us for family. So we've learned about how there's a story. There's a narrative throughout this scripture, the whole story, right? From beginning to end, there's a story written. There's a story unfolding today, right? This story is not finished today. Aren't you thankful for that? He's coming back and he's going to fulfill the promise that he said I would return. But we are now, because of being in the family of God, we are part of this story now. Are you hearing me? We talked about that's what the word is, and the presence animates that story, brings the story to life. The presence is the Holy Spirit, him coming, him dwelling, him moving, him giving us access to put those glasses on, like I said last week, those 3D glasses, and seeing the story come to life. But then in that story is now where we are, as the family of God. And there are ways and means of the story that, that he cares about. And he has words to share with us about how his family operates, We've been trained to believe that, apart, that life apart from carrying the cares and the worries of others in the community or family is better and less stressful. Yeah? Come on. Like we've been trained to be like, this is, I have my earthly family and I need to guard that with my life. 100%. But hear me. We've become so center, self, self-centered. There we go. Reverse that we don't realize that that's not actually what his kingdom is about. But we've been trained, right? Like, I'm not against the church. I love the church. But in the Western church, we, we say, get your kids in the car, get your family in the car, get yourself in the car, right? And that's not a bad thing. Get, get to the car, get into the church, sit in the seats, receive some really good click track running smooth, worship's going good type of worship, the lights, the laser beams, the smoke is blowing. And we, we say, give us a good message and give us a good talk and, and help me be better because I want to be better. And then we leave. And then we do Monday through Saturday just that this is me and mine. Am I talking to any, anybody just want to get in this boat with me? It's like, it's like we get into this mode of it's just me and mine. I'm just going to do me, you do you, and we'll just come back on Sundays and act like we love each other. It's not how he's established family. It's not how he's established his church. It's not what he desires. Let me say it that way. For us as his family and as his church. It, it's, it's almost in a sense we've been believing a false narrative of what he desires for his family to be like. Is this okay? Because <laughs> whether we realize it or not, we are created to be deeply connected to God and to one another. It's the reality. In the culture today, secularism, consumerism, self-obsession, pursuing some vain, fragmented picture of the American dream has drowned out the call of Scripture for us to be his family. I cannot, I, I mean, I, I, I could find some places in this, but I, it's hard to open this up and not see 
family unfolding in this. In the, in the word. And some of you are like, I'm new to this. I don't understand this. I, I, I haven't started even reading. It's okay. It's, it's okay. You're welcomed here. We're so glad you're here. But I can't help but open this and see that God cares about the community, the family more. Oh, that might be a bad word, but help me. Give me some grace. Like, it might, it, more than he does about the individuals. Is that a fair? That, that in this thing, he cares more about what happens in the community, in the family, than he does about what necessarily happens as individuals. He cares about you as an individual. But when you got saved, you, you got brought out of something. You got out, brought out of darkness, and now you've been brought into something. And being brought into something, now you have a role to play in this something, in his family. Is, are you hearing me clear? And so, so in, in Acts, they, they understood this. You know, Jesus teaches in Matthew when they come to him and say, can you teach us how you pray? How cool would have that been? Like, hey, Jesus, I see you're praying and some things are happening. You know, like when Jesus would go pray and then he'd come back and crazy things would happen. And he's like, okay, let me give you the prayer that I, I believe we all should pray. And we, we, we know this, right? Most of us, if, if you haven't grown up in the church, but we've all heard, if you've been in a locker room before a game, it's like, let's pray. We all get down on our knee and it's like, what are we doing? You know, I remember we used to pray that. I'm like, why are we praying this? Let's just go play. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Uh, it's like, our Father, I'm having help you. It's just like, just mumble way through it. And then we gotta, these are actually profound, powerful words. This is, this is Jesus' teaching on, on prayer. It's, it's not that you have to pray this exactly, but it's, it's giving you the framework and the picture of how the kingdom works. And isn't it interesting that Jesus says, pray like this, my Father. Our Father. Our Father. Because Jesus is ensuring that the disciples and the, the ones that know him and are following him are going to go stand before men and women all across that, that show the kingdom. He wants to make sure that we understand that it is our father, that it is a family that we are now a part of and attached to, and that, it's, it's that in that praying, our father, it breaks off, I believe, the, the selfishness and the self-centeredness and the, and the way that the world would want us to pray. Well, well I have to get mine. Because I need mine, and if I don't get mine, I'll fight to get mine. You, we don't need anything. Is this making sense today? And so he says, listen, this is how you pray. There is our Father, and he has a kingdom, and his kingdom has ways in which it operates. And so we need to catch this, that we are a part of a bigger picture. We're a part of a family. We need each other. Look to the person next to you and say, I need you. Even if you don't know them, say it. I need you. You're like, oh boy, this is weird. You sure this isn't a cult? <laughs> is this live stream? Cut this. <laughs> if you're single and you just said it to another single, I'm not saying it that way. <laughs> but if it happens, praise the Lord. I've digressed. Josh started that, so... You know, I need you guys. Here's the reality why. Um, I, I could think that I'm full of the fruit of the Spirit by myself. And then I get with people and I realize, oh. 
I am not patient. I'm not kind. I don't actually, what are the, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I'm not faithful. I'm not gentle. Are you hearing me? So in the family of God, we realize, like, am I actually growing in God? Or am I just staying where I, where I feel good and I'm not getting messed with? And that's why God designed it. It says, our Father, because we're called to be together. That's why in Acts, they're together. They're together doing the things that God called them to do, being the people that God called them to be. And, and this is designed to, to be together. He is passionate. The Father is passionate about the church establishing itself once again as a family. Because if it doesn't become a family and it doesn't center around building a healthy, strong family, it becomes an organization. And I, I don't want to go down that trail because I could, but it's just, it becomes this organization thing that I'd mentioned earlier about coming in and just sitting down and leaving and let me give a little money here and a little money there, but then when God's word tells us to actually give, it's like, or man, I'll, I'll sing that song because I like that song and I don't like that song. Oh man, they helped me in this moment, but they didn't help me in this moment, so since they didn't help me in this moment and, and I'm leaving now, I'm going to go find a new organization to attach myself to. It's like, whoa. That's not how he intended this thing to work. He intended this to be a covenant. You know, the word talks about, I'm jumping ahead, but like the bride of Christ, right? There's a marriage that happens, that has happened, that is happening. And so as, as his family, we, we have to come into the realization that we are now in covenant with him and with his church. Okay, so Acts 2, right? I've got to hurry. Um, oh, man, my iPad just. No internet. Thank you. We're good. <laughs> this is a fun morning. Acts 2 shares once again about what the family of God that's just established in that moment Pentecost happens, right? Holy Spirit comes. We, we've been in this for a couple weeks, so, so I, I just want to refresh if you haven't been here. Holy Spirit comes. It says that it, Holy Spirit fills the room and then fills people. And in that, then, now the unfolding of the New Testament church happens. You got to understand something. The, we read that, and, and I think some of us can be like, that's really neat. <laughs> that's really awesome that they gave their lives up for one another. That's so sweet. But I'm good because I have some really good things. This is so much deeper than that because these people, when they came to say yes to Jesus, when they said yes to Jesus, they lost everything. So this is why it goes against kind of our structure of where we live. And I'm grateful we live in this land, in this place. I'm thankful. But we don't, it's hard to hear family. It's hard to give up your stuff. It's hard to sacrifice your life for one another because we still can have all the things and still add Jesus on. And in this original moment where, where Acts is unfolding, they would come and say, I'm following the way. I'm following the one that was crucified and raised to life. And guess what their families would say? Leave us. Guess what would happen to their jobs most likely? You don't have a job anymore. And so all they had was each other. Right? And so it's, it's not just some really good, oh, sounds good, what a, what a faith testimony. They were living this thing out because they had to. 
And I think the bride of Christ is getting to the place where we can't have the gimmicks and the, or, the, the things to make it all feel good. He's stripping it down to be like, will you be satisfied with my presence? And will you be willing to give your life to one another? And so they understood this. And so God, God brings this picture into this moment because we were designed for family from the beginning. You, you, you hear me? From the beginning of time in the garden, there was a design of family. We talk about the Garden of Eden being a place where his presence dwelled. Yes, he walked. He was with them. They had everything they needed in him. But let's just not forget that in the garden, in that moment, he also created family. <laughs> in Genesis 2.18, God says, it's not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him. I read this at weddings. I stand there and I, I look at the bride, I look at the groom, and I say, this, this, is, this is what happened then, this is what's happening now for us, right? And, and, and in that moment, it's so interesting because it says, God created, God created, God created, God created, leading up to this moment in 2.18. Are you guys okay? Is this okay? I'll just be a few more minutes. It said God created the land and the waters, it was good. God created the heavens and the skies, it was good. God created the trees and the plants, and the, it was good. And then he gets to this moment where he creates man. He's like, whoo, hold on. I'm paraphrasing. Hold on. And he goes, hold on. I, I just, I'm talking as if like God's like, okay, yeah, all right. It's all good. It's all good. But we're missing someone. And out of Adam comes Eve, right? And he says, this is good now. Because the whole commission of the garden was to cultivate, to establish in partnership and family the rule and reign of the kingdom of God in and among that place, and not just for that place, but to expand it to the places of darkness that were, were on the earth. Are you, are, you, are you hearing me? So from the beginning, we were designed to do life together. This is why I get very uh, weary and I don't know, weary is not the right word. I get a little bit like, oh, when people come and say, I don't need the church. I don't need to come. I don't need to be a part of a body. I can do it on my own. It's like, no, you're, you're just, you are, a play, you are a person that the devil's gonna pick off so fast because isolation is a terrible trap of the enemy. Are you hearing me? Like, like, like this is why I believe God designed family in the beginning, because he's like, hey, listen, you guys are going to do this thing together, because trying to do it on your own, right, you're going to get, you're going to get picked off. There's an old saying, I think it's a, it's an old, it's on the Bible, but it's, it's something along the lines of, I've heard it said so many people, and I pray to God I don't botch it right now, but it's like, if you want to go farther, go alone. Is that right? If you want to go faster, go alone. Excuse me. If you want to go faster, go alone. If you want to go farther, go together. Is that it? Yeah. Nailed it, Jerry. <laughs> it's like, that's true. You want to go fast? Go. You want to go farther in life? Go the way that God's designed it with family. 
We, we need each other. We, we need to be a part of one another. We need to link arms and rub shoulders and see where we're not sharp and where we need to get sharpened. We need it because this was the design from the beginning to create a family that we can say, this is not just my, my earthly family established, the Trollios, but this is, I am with all of you pursuing that one thing that we're called to pursue, which is him and him alone. And we're going to do it together because that's the design of the kingdom of God. We were created to build healthy families. We were created to establish and show the world what it looks like to have an, uh, an earthly family established by God, pleasing to God, moved by God's hand, and show the world what it looks like. The world needs a picture of family today. You all need to say amen to that, even if it hurts. The world needs to see a body of people come together from all different backgrounds and all different ways of thinking and all different ideas. And I'm not talking to the Bible. I'm talking like different ways of me and Rachel don't even see eye to eye on things in our own marriage. Is that hello? We're not like just like, oh, we got married and everything just like fit perfect. It's like we got to talk through. So like, are you hearing me? But but showing the world that I'm committed. I'm, I'm in covenant. I'm in covenant with her and I'm in covenant with you all to see his kingdom come. I'm designed. I am designed to do this with you. And you are designed to do it with each other. This is why like COVID was so intense and from, a, from a spiritual standpoint, I'm not talking about all the things that were happening, but from a spiritual standpoint, watching people in their house for so long by themselves, it was detrimental. Okay, let me just bring it home. I, I know this is, I'm hoping I'm making sense. Holy Spirit, help me. This is why that I would say to Rach, like, Rach, this is bad. <laughs> I understand the sickness. I understand, like, it's, but this is bad. And now we're just seeing the effects of it four years later. And it's happened among us as adults. But you know who it's plagued the most is our children, our teens. Where they were in such isolated positions, sitting on their phones and in their homes and in their bedrooms and just being by themselves. That was not the design. Now, that's not a political statement at all. Hear me. I'm not, I, we don't play politics here. Please hear me. But what I do say is like, man, that's why, that's why it was so hard to be like, we got we to gotta help each other. We got to pick up the phone and call our families, call our people, call those that are single in their apartments by themselves that are losing their minds. That's why I remember there was team members coming in and be like, we got to start doing something because this is not the design. And we began to do that. And it wasn't out of us being cool or trying to build a church. It was us going, the family of God has to continue to go forward even if it tries to, to, to get wavered or shut down. Like We have to go forward. Is this okay? Because you weren't designed to be alone. And this is why the world gives gimmicks of family. They've done it. The world has done it forever. Everything is a community now. Everything is slapped with the label community. I remember years ago, I, I, I joined CrossFit, believe it or not. I was a CrossFit guy. And I remember coming into CrossFit. This was when I was at the university and I was, my brother-in-law and I did it together. And I remember coming in and, and, 
and it was a great people, lovely people, loved them to death. And they would start by saying, okay, we're gonna say something. And I'm like, all right, what, what, this is my first day. Like, what are we about to say? And they're like, we are a community, a band of brothers. And I was like, what the? <laughs> I just wanna work out. <laughs> right? Like, I was like, band of brothers, what are we about to do? It's a true story. I was like, what are, we, what are we talking about here? Why? Because people in that room needed a community. The world is not apologetic about building community. And it's, it's honestly, it's not the design of what God has designed community to look like. Here's why. Because there's a community that God's established. There's a family that God's established. And there's a way in which the family of God operates that God's established. And when, when, when you come into the kingdom and you realize how God's family, his kingdom works, it goes against every single thing of culture. And people of God have to make a decision. Am I going to keep trying to get into culture and fit in with the world? Or am I going to establish my life in his family and in his kingdom? Are you hearing me? Because he has a way in which it works, in which it flows. He, he, he has a way to how this thing is established. He's the head. I'm not the head. I think pastors have become, try to become heads. <laughs> I'm not the head. I'm like an arm. Maybe a pinky toe. I don't know. But I know that I'm a part of a body. He's the head. Do you guys understand that? Colossians talks about it. First, chapter one, verse 18. They don't have it on screen, but it's, he is also the head of the body, the church. He is the head of his family. He's the head, right? So there is headship and order to how his family works. First and foremost, he's the head. So what he says and what he says for us to do, we must do it. See, Jesus comes onto earth and he doesn't do anything unless he heard his father tell him to. That's a reality. He does not do, uh, he says it often, I'm not doing anything, and he could have done everything, and he said, I'm not doing anything unless my father tells me to do something. Why? Because he understood authority. And a man under authority is a man filled with power. It's a good word. And when you're not under authority and you're out doing your own thing because you think you can do your own thing and grace will bring you back and mercy, yes and amen, yes, yes, yes. But it's not the design. The design is, is I'm coming under his headship, his lordship, his authority because he's the head of this family. So everything that, that, that he says and every which way he's designed this, I'm gonna follow him even if I don't like it. Even if I don't understand it. You know, some of this in think, this reality of walking in faith, you're not going to understand it. Anybody been walking with the Lord long enough? Like, I don't understand this. I'm looking to some of the, I won't look at the old people, but I'm kind of like, can I get in a boat with somebody? Because the more that I'm with Jesus and I'm realizing he's the head and I'm not, I, I walk with him a little longer and I'm realizing, I don't understand this. And I don't have the answers to this. But you know what? I know he's asking me and telling me to do this. That's why word and presence matter before family. Is this okay? He's, he's the head. Eric, can you just come up? Just You just please today. He's the head. 
And there's order to his family. I believe God has an order to his earthly family, aka the church. That's why there, there's, such a, there's such a wave of trying to create a new narrative of how the church should be. Has there been failures? Yes. Have I failed as a leader? Yes. <laughs> but there's still order. Are you hearing me? Because when order comes, life comes. And when there's order, that's a produ- that produces life. There's order. And so, so he comes and he, and he shares many things. Like, for example, Jesus is young, and I know you, some of you guys in this room could theologically talk me in a different direction here, and I'd love that. I would. I would love to. I'd love that. Truly, I'm not just saying that. But, you know, Jesus is young, and he's with his parents, and then all of a sudden, Jesus is not with his parents anymore, right? So the story in, in, in the Bible, in, in Luke 2, it's like Jesus is with his family, and then his family leaves a place that they were all together, and then after a few days, I think it says a few days, Mary and Joseph are like, where's Jesus? I feel better about myself as a parent. <laughs> I don't think I've ever lost my son for a couple of days. Like, I wonder where that man is. You know, I wonder where Titus has been. It's been a quiet around here for a couple days. You know why? You know why I believe they didn't care? Because the family was so strong. They probably, oh, they're pro- he's probably back there on that donkey with those guys. It's just my take. And so they come and they freak out and they search high and low for Jesus. And then they come to the place, to the temple. <laughs> and when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him in verse Luke 2, 48, Son, why, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Really? You were not concerned for two days? Anyways, I'm just kidding. Uh, I believe there was panic. Like, oh, he's not here. And he's not here. We got to go. And Jesus says this, Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Jesus doesn't reveal that we should be called to drive our parents nuts. Don't miss that. Like, we're supposed to stress our, we're supposed to honor our mother and father. Do you know honoring your mother and father? It's the only commandment in the Bible that has a promise attached to it. Out of those 10 commandments, honoring your mother and father, it's got a promise attached that your life will be good for a long, long time. Jesus is not showing dishonor to his parents. He's just showing what the priority should be for the family. He's showing, hey, this is where we all, I'm here. And listen again, I could be proven wrong here. But he's like, this is where I'm, what do you mean? I want to be in my father's house. This is what I was created to be. He's not operating as, as, as Jesus, like he was fully God, yet fully man. He's showing what a human being's desire should be in the family of God. What are you talking about? This is my, this is what I should be doing. I should be in my father's house. I should be with the people of God. I should be opening up the word of God. I should be praying like, like we, this is what we were designed to do. And the same thing reveals in Acts 2 where the people are just there and they're devoting themselves one to another, praying, going to the temple. It says daily. I'm not sitting here saying get to church every day. We don't, we're not available to do that. But be the church every day. Be the church every day. Be with him. Get alone with him in his presence and his word. Like this is the intent of us as sons and daughters. Do you hear me? Like as sons and daughters, 
He is head and he shows us just this moment of like, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And it says the parents were astonished, like we don't understand this. And Jesus comes and he just, he constantly shows more of the kingdom time and time again. And he disrupts and he breaks down things that the, the people thought was, was the way it should go. Like the time when someone came to Jesus and they're like, hey, Jesus, your brother, your mother and your brothers are outside and they're asking to speak to you. If my mother came right now, if my mom came, I'd be like, guys, I got to go. <laughs> right? And hear me, this is, the, we have to have spiritual ears to his, listen, listen and hear what Jesus is saying here. And he said, who is my mother and my brothers? Uh, Jesus, the, the, the mom out there, I'm pretty sure she's your mom. Right, that'd be my response. If I was the messenger, like, hey, your mother and your brothers are out there. Jesus is like, well, who's my mother? I've seen you walking with this lady. You've called her mom. I think that's your mom out there. You hearing me? Jesus is like, well, here's my mother, my brothers, to the room. For whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and my mother and my sister. Wait, what? Jesus comes once again and reveals what the family's like. Not just earthly, but spiritual family. Like, hey, the family that I'm a part of will do what the Father says. Because remember, he's the head. I know I'm preaching a long time. I'm almost done. Is this okay? Like he says, he says, that's who I want to run with. Can I tell you something? It matters who you run with in life. Oh, it matters, people. Please, 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 please hear me. It matters who you run with. It matters who you listen to. It matters what voices speak it. They're just speaking in my life. They're giving me a different angle. Stop it. It's probably demonic. No, no, I'm like at the point, maybe because I'm getting a little older. It's like, no, why would you listen to that counsel? Are they devoting their lives to God like you want to? So, okay. So Jesus presents this whole framework and you got to read the, I could teach on this for months on family. But there's another part of how the family functions and it's this, it's, it's, um, Romans, Romans 12, Romans 12. I, I, I have, if there was a passage of scripture that from like the moment I got saved at 22, Romans, Romans 12, one and two were like, like life verses for me, right? And it's, a, it's a familiar passage of scripture, but I just wanna read it real quick and then we'll be, we'll be done. Therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. We've all heard this, yes, most of us as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and improve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. We've read that, we've heard that countless times. I, I preached that before, I believe in that. Your mind, what you think, how you put your thoughts, what you put your thoughts to matter. It'll impact your whole life. Yes and amen. Our bodies are, are, are to be a sacrifice to him, holy and pleasing, a living sacrifice. So, so we come in and say, you know what? Lift your hands up as a sacrifice unto the Lord. If he tells you to get low, get low. Like it all is yes. But I believe there's so much more in this passage of scripture that Paul begins to address. Notice that Paul comes out of Romans 12 and into 11, he comes into 12 and it says the words, therefore. 
Now, I'm not a theologian, but, but I believe that when he says, therefore, there's a new thought. So Romans 1 through 11, chapters 1 through 11, Paul is talking about new life in Christ, finding yourself to be, a, be found in Christ, talking all about, he's given a theology class on how the kingdom works. And then he gets to 12. And he says, therefore, listen, church, therefore, as you look at yourselves, make your lives pleasing to God, offering your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to the Lord. Transform your mind so that you, you know what he's about. What's the point? The point is that Paul continues in that chapter to start addressing how to treat one another. He goes in and, and he says, he says in verse 9, love must be sincere. Wait, wait, so I got to love God? Because this is what it's talking about. No, no, Paul's talking about how we treat one another. That's our true act of worship and sacrificing our lives. The family is called to live this way. Love, love, love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Do you hate what is evil? Do you have people in your life telling you to hate what is evil? Because he's saying, church, this is what it looks like to give your lives holy and pleasing to the Father. Are you okay? I'm almost done. Cling to what is good. Hey, 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 Nate, are you clinging to what is good? Hey, Murph, are you clinging to what is good? Hey, are you, are you loving? Are you hating what, it, what, is, what is evil in the sight of the Lord? Are you clinging to what is good? Come on, come on. Be, be devoted to one another in love. I honor one another above yourselves. Wait, what? I thought I just got to worship. That's my true act of giving God my life. Just worship and sing songs and praise. No. Devote yourselves to honoring someone above yourself. That's true worship to him. That's true righteousness to him. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor. Hey, come on, Kevin. I see you losing a little bit. Come on, brother, let's go. Hey, Kevin, you can t if you see me losing my fervor, come on, tell me, because we want to please the Lord. We want this worship to be unto Him. Be joyful in hope. Because you know, it's, when, you, when you're with people, things happen. It gets easy to get down. Real life stuff, but it's like, hey, be joyful in hope. Build each other up in hope. Be catalysts of speaking hope. I, this is helping me. Patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Did you notice once again, Acts 2, same thing here. Share, give, give, give your stuff up. Because that's what he designed us for. That's what he brought us into. Practice hospitality. Well, my space is my space. No, it's not. This is my house. This is what I'm talking about. This rubs. It's like I built my fence. No one's coming in my house. I got the gate, the, the code. No one, ain't no one. You know, unfortunately, this is probably not a, we believe in health and boundaries. So many people in this room right now know the code to our back door. It's terrible. Because we'd be sitting down, we'd be, we'd be sitting downstairs. <laughs> We normally sit downstairs. 
and it's in our basement. And you hear footsteps and you're like, so one of two options here. Either someone from the church is in our house right now or someone else is in our house. (laughs) And people have told us forever, stop doing that. It's going to hurt you. And I read this and I go, I'd rather, like, I'd rather do it for a hundred and see whatever people decide however they want to do it, but I'd rather do it because I want to please the Lord. Are you hearing me? Is this okay? This is my true act of worship. This is how the family works. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. When's the last time you went to someone's house that was in mourning? And you got out of yourself, you got out of your Netflix account, you got off your social media pages, you got off of the scrolling, and you said, this person's mourning, I'm going to go mourn with them. This person's rejoicing, I'm going to go rejoice with them. This person's in this, I'm going to go be in it with them. That's true worship. That's the family. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Do not be proud but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay evil for evil. Be careful to do what's right in the eyes of everyone. This is the Bible. If it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. As, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. That's hard. And I know I'm throwing, I'm, I'm broad stroking a, a paintbrush here, but, but really, like, what if we just committed our lives to saying, God, you're the head. This is how you function and called us to function as a family. We're going to give our lives to this. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge and I will repay. Stop fighting battles God's not called you to fight. And stop trying to fight against people that God's not called you to fight against. If someone's wronged you, if someone's wronged you, Forgive and leave it and let the Lord deal with them. We're in this cultural moment where in the church it's like, you wronged me, I'm going to tell you I wronged me, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to destroy you. We're devouring each other. The Lord will handle it. Can I tell you in my life, I've, I've seen that side of God being the defender. I, I've known the Father as protector. I haven't experienced Him as defender as much as I have over the last probably year plus. Because I'm, I'm seeing a new side of Him. Like, whoa, okay. I don't, I don't got to shoot back, talk back, fight. Ah, because Lord knows, we be fighting if I... <laughs> all right, all right, I'm done. The family of God is called to be established here on this earth to give a picture of what the kingdom of heaven is about. That's why there's such an attack on family today. Because if the devil can disrupt family here, continue to manipulate people that are lost and broken out there on on what he's all about God's mighty and God's strong but God's called us and he wants to co-labor with us he wants to work with us he wants to do this with us we got to be people that say you know what I want to come in to more of awareness of what he's about and who he is and how his family works it's messy thousand percent is it hard hundred thousand percent Is it worth it? A million percent. A million percent worth it. Because I'm going to get to heaven. I pray you all too. 
And I'm gonna look at Kevin and be like, man, I'm so glad I fought for family with you tonight. Because now we gotta spend eternity together. And that's a long time, Kevin. Shoot, it's a long time. But I'd rather fight to be the family God's called us to be than to not. Amen? Let me stand, I'm gonna pray. There's, there's, uh, I'm trying to hear God today on this. It's like, I don't, I don't, there's a million things that, that's probably dramatic. There's a lot of things that we could pray into and pray for. I could pray for you that your earthly family where it's caused you to put a picture of that towards God to release it today. And maybe that, maybe just let me bless you with that. If you've, if you've looked at God through the lenses of your earthly family, it's okay. He's not mad at you. He just wants to reveal a better picture to you. He wants to reveal kingdom family to you. If you're here in this room and you've been hurt by church family in the past, you've been hurt by people that you thought would be like running with you and going with you and doing the things that God, you, you just, and it didn't happen, I just wanna to say today, like I, I just believe the Lord wants to heal that today. For some of you, that is the thing that's keeping you from like engaging fully in what God would have because you're just so hurt and he wants to release it today and he wants to bring you into a family the dynamic of a biblical family a true bible family he wants to give you a heart that will be able to handle it and be graced to do it and see him in it but together i just want to pray that we'd be the strong family of god can we do that i know this isn't like a let's go we're gonna take the world next week this is super important that we be committed one to another devoted to one another so can you do me a favor can you just grab hands across the aisles it's just a prophetic moment right now you just bow your heads and would you just begin to just say Lord build us to be a strong family just begin to pray for the person to the right and the left of you just pray for them right now just bless them in the Lord ask them to be encouraged and lifted up and strengthened to be the family that, that God's called us to be. Come on, just pray out loud. Just begin to bless them. This is a powerful moment. I feel the presence of the Lord here. For some, you're getting images of people going through it. Just pray that they're strengthened right now, that they're, they're strong right now, that they're not going to lose this battle. They're not going to be lost in this battle right now. Oh, Lord, I, I, yeah, I just pray right now for people in this room that are part of this house, part of Oasis, that are in the battle. I just pray, Lord, you would strengthen them right now. You would, you would help them. You would be their source of life right now. You would, you would make a way where there doesn't seem to be a way, Lord, where you would, you would keep the arrows that are flying against them. You would keep them from hitting them. You would, you would just be the shield about them, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would create this house to be a place where we are committed to you and committed to one another, that we actually live out what it means to be a living sacrifice, that, that we come out from our selfish ambition, our desires of our own, our own thinking, where we've allowed for other things to instruct us, Lord, instruct us on how your family operates here on this earth, so that our prayer then becomes our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come here in this house. Your kingdom come here in Chicago. Your kingdom come in our lives. Your kingdom come in our children as it is in heaven. That is our prayer, Lord, today. Would your kingdom come? Would your will be done? We need you, Lord. So would you establish this house to be a house where people come in who are weary, 
who are tired, who are in need of a drink, would they find you here, your presence? And would they be satisfied? And help us to be a people that come around and just give our lives to, to one another. It's worth it, Lord. It's worth it. It's worth it. So we love you. We honor you. And we give you praise. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Come on, can we thank the Lord?